Hey, listen to Commander Who Got Podcast, episode 77. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and today we're going to conclude the arc of Who Wore It Better by returning to an old favorite. You all knew what this was. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole bunch is going down. We have reached the end of this ride of... CCO beating the crap out of Watsi at their own game and rebuilding pre-con EDH product. Uh, and we're going to do a uh, an old favorite that I'm sure everybody saw coming when they realized what we were doing. Yeah, end of an arc. Always feels like, uh, you know, one of your children is moving out or, you know, you're moving off to college or you know you're packing up your boxes and you're moving into the dorm room and you found that old sweatshirt that you have never washed and it's tucked in behind your bookcase and you think to yourself one why do i own a sweatshirt two why did i tuck it behind my bookcase when you said sweat and behind your bookcase not what i I thought you were going to say sweat sock that is significantly different both in what you do with it where you wear it and why it might be behind your bookcase yeah but see everybody was expecting that and based on this arc, we're not doing what people are expecting, are we? Gross. Yeah, also don't Google that. Do not Google. Do not. Uh, you know what it means, though? Also, the end of an arc means a giveaway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about the giveaway in just a second. How about social media coordinates? Social media coordinates. We are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this week's list, last week's list, next week's list, and any other list that we talk about throughout the course of the show. We're commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions. No nudes? Well, well. We've been pretty lucky with the nudes over the last little while, so that's all I'm going to say. We're also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, YouTube, Facebook, Patreon, edhrec.com, Flipside Gaming, where you can use promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your order store-wide, and the official, official home of Commander Cookout Podcast on the internet, commandercookout.com. Yes. Yeah, I'm getting that that note down, I think. Uh, I don't know. Actually, we have a, <laughs> a girl that I work with. Uh, she's the girl that did that get fucked thing for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's a professional singer. And I showed her that just to say, like, hey, how good am I get, How good am I doing this? And she's like, Brando, just just stop. Quit your actual day job. Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, just give up. You're not a singer. And, then, you know, dreams crushed a little bit, but I'm still here. Speaking of CommanderCookout.com, we have some additional content going up there eh, fairly soon. Ooh. I'm working on a little bit of a... Welcome article. And before the show, we were talking about probably what you're going to see first from uh, Commander Cookout. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a little while now. Uh, We're thinking we might start doing a bonus episode. Ooh, what does that mean? The content of the bonus episode will most likely change from month to month based on whether or not there's been new product released or if there's a, I don't know, like a theme for the month. Uh, or something, but it gives... Or or change with the the theme of the current arc. It'll supplement what we talk about uh, without providing a deck list, right? Yeah, and it, it's something that we thought we could do. It'll give us a chance to kind of touch on some of those subjects that maybe not 
everybody's talking about it. But it'll give us an opportunity to CCO up maybe a set review or maybe do uh, a classic Commander Cookout style top 10 list of some kind oh. of <laughs> or something like that. And it'll just kind of give us an opportunity to to spread our wings and, and talk about a few more things for your enjoyment. Yeah, I think a lot of the times what we run into with, um, because we try not to make our episodes four hours long <laughs> and on a lot of the topics we talk about, or a lot of the decks we talk about, the underlying theme of the deck, whether it's, you know, whether it's aggro or the problems that aggro has or how how the metagame interacts when you have too many control decks, whatever, right? Like, there's a lot of stuff there that we kind of leave buried under the table because we just run out of time. And the bonus episode is going to let... Uh, let you guys in a little bit more of uh, on 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 what we think about outside of just brewing decks, because there we do do other things than than brew decks. Yeah, we um, we drink beer, we talk about magic. Uh, wait, that sounds like what we already are doing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing right now. But yeah, so we're gonna be looking forward to that. So a little bit of housekeeping. Full disclosure, if you are a patron of ours, we very much appreciate it. Thank you very much. If contributing financially to a bonus episode isn't something that you're prepared or able to do, uh, we appreciate that. And uh, just giving you a heads up, you have a few weeks to go into your Patreon account and set a limit so that we don't end up trying to double dip or whatever it is that that would seem. Because that's not what we're trying to do. We just want to get a little bit more content out there for you guys to uh, help keep you entertained and thank you for all of the support that you've given us over the past year. Of all of that, I'm the most excited about top 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I am too. After talking about it just before recording today, it's like, oh man, oh. Because we're not going to do like top 10 best sweepers, top 10 blue cards. No, 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 no. No. No, no, no. No, no. We, that, that's all we're going to say. That's all you get. It's all you get. Just give us a little while and we'll, uh, we'll get you the episode. Then that'll be all you get. And Moving on. Moving on. We mentioned our giveaway. Mentioned our giveaway. Uh, a C18 product of the winner's choice will be sent to their house courtesy of us. Uh, we can deface all the cards with our signatures if you want. That's your call. Yeah. Who's our winner, Ryan? Winner is Justin Brown. <laughs> Justin Brown. I didn't even think of that. Ah, he gets a nickname just for winning. <laughs> it's too good. It's yeah. too good. And don't, I'm sorry about that, man. Don't Google it. No, do not. Do not. Okay, Justin Brown, when you listen to this, hit pause, go on your email, get at us at commandercooko.com or send us a private message on Twitter at CCO Podcast or at CCO Brando or send us a private message on Facebook. Yes. You are the winner. Get us, uh, get us your address. We'll shoot you a C18 deck of your choice. Tell us which one you want. Yeah. Congratulations, and thank you for listening. And thank God this arc is over, because now I can crack the other decks that he doesn't want. <laughs> I've been waiting so long, patiently. I thought about gambling and like opening one that I didn't think anybody would pick. But just our luck, that person would pick that. I'd, I'd open up the Wind Grace list, and it's like yeah. the crappiest list, and somebody would be like, hey, I want the Wind Grace thing from CCO because I want to show everybody that I'm awesome. And then I'd be like, shit. <laughs> 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 Anyways. Anyhow, congratulations to you. Thanks, everybody, for playing, and we'll be back in our next arc with another super sweet giveaway, which we have in the works already. We think you're really going to like it. Yes, I actually like it. 
and um, something that we've been working on for a little bit. It uh, It's not a deck giveaway. Kind of do every second giveaway is a deck giveaway until we hit our next Patreon stretch goal of 85 patrons. We'll do a deck giveaway per arc. Holy shit. Yeah. This one is not that, but I do like this one, and um, I actually own already some of this product. So um, that's all we'll say. A little bit of a teaser there for you. It's going to be cool. going to be very good. Shoutouts? Shoutouts. We have one shoutout. Patron. Deezer Irons. Irons. That sounds familiar. He used to be a patron. He had to stop patroning for a while because of whatever. He's back now. Pledged more than last time. He's back with a vengeance. Deezer. Patron Vengeant. Oh, I like that. He's, he, he gets a badass nickname. That's a good one. I like that. Okay, so, so Deezer, th- thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a ton, Deezer. And F you. Yeah, F you. Yeah, we haven't said that to somebody in a while. So, Deezer, you got the, you got the, you got it. Got the I, shout out. I think, I think that there's going to be lots of FUs this episode. Well, yeah, but to us. And to the cards that we're playing. Yep. So, why don't you, why don't you just, let's break the, let's break the ice. Let's, uh, everybody knew it was coming. Yeah, okay, we're, we're going to play a game. This is Brando's favorite game. It's called... Guess what? It's my favorite game to play in the whole world, and we're going to play it with everybody that's listening right now. So we're doing an arc where we're taking pre-made Commander product, and we're CCOing it up. I've got this look on my face that I just, like, smelt dog shit. Yeah, it looks like you just crapped your pants. So who's the first person, we'll use person, to jump into your head when you hear we're doing that? Who's the first one? Is it Thrasios and Timna? Is it... Prosh. We did Prosh. We did Prosh. Yep. Is it... Uh, Animar? Saskia? Who? Who? Who is it? Who's the one? You're, everybody's thinking. They're all thinking, oh, racking their brains. What are one of, what's the pre-con general that CCO would definitely do? Ugh. Yep. Ugh, smelling dog shit again. Yeah, they got it. They, they got definitely it. got it. Everybody guessed. Attracts a creator's voice. Oh, I hate that bitch. Welcome back to Project Attraxa, motherfuckers. Yes! Yes! So, we have taken everybody's favorite commander, based on the number of lists at edhrec.com, which is now hovering just under 6,000. And we're going to uh, we're gonna tune her up. We're going to tune her up the way that she should have been. Ah, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> no, we're we not. are not. Nobody should ever do this. So, yeah, what does that What does that mean, the way that she shouldn't have been? What is this deck? What is this deck? What does that mean? This deck, this list, this episode of the show is the culmination of so many storylines right now. It's the end of our Who Wore It Better arc. Obviously, we, we've swept Watsy every week. Uh-huh. Every week we've swept them. We're going to sweep them again this week in spite of ourselves. Yeah. It's also the culmination of CCO Nation helps Brando build a stacks list. Oh, no. <laughs> and we are going to do Stacks Traxa. Stacks Traxa. Oh. I love the name. That's a great name. The name is awesome. Yeah, so. In, Everything else? Not so much. I hate it. Yeah, so if you go on our tappedout.net page, CCO Podcast, you'll see two lists. You're going to see the stacks list, the Golgari stacks list that you guys helped me build. Uh, if you have any more suggestions after reading the list, please feel free to post them. And you're also going to see this super fun Atraxa list. Stacks Traxa, yeah, for sure. Um, here's the thing, though. It's not all bad. No. For your opponent, it is. For us, it's not all stacks. 
we actually included a couple things in there that are either A, not that staxy, or B, way out to lunch as part of our alternate lines to victory. What do, what do we call it? Multiple ways to win the game? Multiple ways to win. We should come up with a name for that. CCO Nation, if you can come up with a good name for multiple ways to win something that sounds super badass that we could put on a t-shirt like an alternate win con or alternate strategy that is uh, the other way that you win yeah because that's important very important especially in a stacks list as i've learned i'm still trying to figure out how i win yeah, yeah. a lot of the times i joke with brando i say a lot of the times stacks doesn't win it just doesn't it, it finds ways not to lose and eventually other people in the game just die and you're kind of like the last one left and you're like hey is anybody alive are we having fun yet <laughs> right <laughs> sorry so i think without further ado let's get into it we're going to spend a little bit of time in the quick hits talking about specific interactions and um, this list doesn't follow our uh, sub 20 dollar card kind of building constraint and in the budget section we're going to address that so you're going to see some very expensive cards here but uh after we're done talking about the list you're gonna you're gonna find out why yeah uh, just kind of a quick rundown of what all of that meant is for every other deck in this arc we built it as if it could have been a pre-con you could have went to walmart pulled it off the peg now you own this list that we built this one hypothetically you can't do that but in the budget section, we're going to, like Ryan said, we're going to address that exact point. Hypothetically, you could do it, but yes. you would never be able to do it because Watsi isn't really uh, that keen on printing, you know, like $100 reprints. Yeah. Right. You Especially know. not in pre-con product because the one that has the $100 card and it gets bought out and everything else collects dust on the shelf. Yeah. And they have no interest in the secondary market. So they, yeah. ne they would never do this. <laughs> they have no interest in the secondary market, but what they have a, a keen interest in is card availability right yeah right okay before we get into the list couple stats card draw cards there's six of them but they're all repeatable and a bunch of them are on planeswalkers who are we to not include planeswalkers in our attraction deck right <laughs> um, so it doesn't seem like there's a whole ton of card advantage in the deck but the ones that are there are very good and you have to remember that in stacks card advantage a lot of the time means card denial for your opponent instead of card access for yourself okay targeted removal there's 11 of them including four hard counter spells sometimes you got to counter something before it actually happens yes like you know what i mean like a like a maelstrom pulse isn't going to do it because yeah. you need a counter spell something sometimes i've learned in stacks you have to sometimes somebody will resolve a threat and they'll sack every other thing that they have to maintain that threat so they can kill you because the threat kills the stacks player mass removal seven and some of those things are sweepers some of those things act like sweepers that just take a little bit of extra time and that extra time in stacks is okay because um, nobody else is doing anything with that extra time because you're denying that from them mana rocks and dorks 14 some of them you can tick up <laughs> got a cco special there for you okay yeah. life gain to offset some of your life pain because remember we're playing black things like necropotence spoiler it's in the list we've got six life gain things including atraxa super important because a you're going to be taking beats because you're playing a shitty deck and uh b because you're paying your own life to to break the symmetry orbs spheres staxy stuff 17 those were con uh, contributed by your boy brando because you're welcome yeah he's been playing stacks it's a lot of the stuff that cco nation yourself has suggested so so these those things 
your guys' fault. And uh, the rest of the deck is kind of built around that as a way to break the symmetry. Now, what do I mean when I say break the symmetry? Or break parity is what people say a lot of the times when they talk about stacks. That's typically when you are under some kind of horrific effect that is making everybody miserable, including yourself, but you have a way to either make it work for you, make it not happen to you, or find a way of just working within the the constraints that you yourself have set up for the table. Yeah, perfect example is flagship card, Smokestack. It's in the list, right? Of course. At the beginning of your upkeep, you put a counter on it, and then you sacrifice, and then everybody at their upkeep sacrifices a permanent for each counter that's on Smokestack. That's where the name Stacks comes from. We've talked about this before. You can get around that by, like, playing a Crucible of Worlds, right? You sack a land to your Smokestack, and then you can replay it for your land drop for the turn from your graveyard. That's how you break parity. Very elementary example of how to break parity, but that's what we mean for anybody who isn't familiar with playing the Stacks archetype. So sh should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's here we it. go. Let's start with Atraxa. For all of those of you who do not know what she does, she is a 4-4 Angel Horror for green, white, blue, black, Flying Vigilance, Death Touch, Lifelink. Holy shit. At the beginning of your end step, proliferate. At the beginning of your end step, so you play her and her triggered ability happens that turn, unlike a lot of A, cards in this deck, and B, cards in fucking magic. Yeah, super awesome. Insane. Super awesome that it happens the turn that you get her, right? Kind of like Biovisionary, right, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> I got two I got two right Sean's in this episode. The next one you'll see in our artifact section. Okay, we're going to start the creature section with Deathright Shaman. Oh baby. So, one two elf shaman for uh, Golgari hybrid. You can tap it to exile a land card from a graveyard to get a mana of any color, or you can go black, tap, exile an instant or sorcery. Each opponent loses two life, or green, tap, exile a creature from a graveyard. You gain two life. Awesome, because it's a mana dork for one. Cool. You can play the tap and untap game to make opponents lose a bunch of life off of that. There are a couple ways to do that in this deck, and you could play the tap, untap game to gain a bunch of life back that you've lost so lots of the times death right shaman acts as like a mana dork and that's it but in this list because we can tap and untap it we actually can can use all three abilities to pretty good effect the littlest planeswalker yeah that's what people call him next up we have deep glow skate this was a list original getting kind of expensive also uh it's a fish it's really good i like this card five mana three three when it enters the battlefield you can double the number of counters on any number of target permanents. I thought I had to reread it there because I thought it was any one permanent, but it's any number of permanents get double. So you've got some mana rocks with counters. You've got some plus ones. We've got some... Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers. We've got soot counters. Everybody gets better. And we're going to see what kind of ways we have to bounce Deep Glow Skate to really take advantage of it. A skate is a stingray, not a shoe with a knife on the bottom. Just so that we're all on the same page. Yeah, okay. Okay. I didn't know that. I live in Canada. We have knives, knifey shoes and not so many fish. Correct. Next up, we have EDH staple, Ewit, or Eternal Witness. Yeah, green, green, one, two, one, human shaman. Still wish it was an elf shaman, whatever. Enters the battlefield, get a card from your graveyard, put it into your hand. Now, 
Also important when you can bounce it and replay it once a turn or multiple times per turn because the things that you sacrifice to something like your smokestack actually can just go back into your hand. And I want to jump ahead a little bit to... Chasm Skulker? Chasm Skulker. You got it. When you draw a card, he gets a plus one, plus one counter on it. And when he dies, you get X, one, one blue squid creature tokens for the number of plus ones on him. Okay, so you get plus ones on him whenever you draw a card. Cool. Keep him around a couple turns. You proliferate him with Atraxa. You sacrifice him to your smokestack. You get a whole ton of squids as a result of him dying. And then you just bounce your eternal witness in and out with a couple things we're going to find out about later. And you can get your Chasm Skulker back and cast him every turn and sacrifice him every turn. As long as you can get a couple counters on him, you're going to be making enough squids to break the parity of Smokestack. Because you're sacrificing shitty squid tokens, and they're sacrificing their one land they get every turn. Yes! All right, next up we have one of the nicer arts in Magic, in Hannah's ship na- Ship's Navigator. Oh, baby. She's, she's my baby. Uh, <laughs> blue, white, one, one, two. You go blue, white, one, tap. Return target artifact or enchantment from your graveyard to your hand. Everything that I just said about Eternal Witness, same thing. Except with Hannah, she just untaps, so you don't have to bounce her. You can get that thing you sacrificed every turn again. Neat. Neat. How about Hiroki Dust Drinker? Is that how you say that? Hiroki Dust Drinker? Or is it Hokori? Hokori. Hokori, yeah, you're right. I've never actually heard or said that card out loud before. Yeah, I've never said that word out loud before either. I've said it in my head a hundred times, and neither of the ways either of us said it were actually how I pronounced it in my head. I like the way I said it better. Hiroki Dust Drinker. (laughs) Hiroki, your mother's a whore. (laughs) White, white, two, 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 landstone on tap, and... At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps a land he or she controls. Classic stacks card. Because you it um, denies uh, resources. It's winter orb or static orb? It's one of the orb effects that only lets you untap one land. Neat. It's attached to a 2-2 body. And you can attack with it, right? So you deny everybody else's resources so they don't have anything and you just dink them every turn for two. Eventually, they're going to be at a fairly low life total. Less than you, for sure. For sure. How about Icarats? Icarats. This is one of our um, alternate ways to win, right? You put this one in there. I did. Atraxa staple, um, because we want to have Atraxa as often as possible in the list, right? Because she's going to make us mana. We're going to find out how. Icarats. Black, black, one for a 2-1 infect. When it enters the battlefield, each player gets a poison counter. She's also going to proliferate those poison counters. It's brutal. It's dirty. It's what Atraxa does all the time. And it's also what one of the Atraxable teams built into their list. Oh, yeah. Uh, Phil, DeLuca, and Ryan from Brothers War Podcast. Yeah, that's how they won their pod in Atraxable. And Icarats, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's slow. One counter per turn takes 10 turns, da-da-da. Stacks don't care because you're not going to be doing anything because you're not going to have anything to combat me with. Yeah. Right? You're just going to get that one poison counter return. And you're going to like it. And eat a plate of shit. How about Kambal Consul of Allocation? Yeah. Three mana, two, three. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, that player loses two life and we gain two life. So again, that's a dink every turn. And we're gaining life back to counteract some of the life that we're going to be paying. I understand 
Let's talk flavor for just a second. Sure. I understand why this is an Orzov card. Black, white. I understand yep. that. But the name and the picture and everything else just looks like an Azorius person to me. Could this not just have been, like, anything else? It's a human advisor. It's a. It's such a... It sounds like a dirty, rotten politician. Yeah, I think that's the point. Dirty, rotten politicians in Kaladesh were trying to hoard all of the ether from everybody. Um, and they were trying to control it and make people like pay for it. Kind of like um, big pharma or big oil companies or big energy companies in the real world. Scumbags. Those guys would be black, white, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I think they I think they hit it on the head with Combo. All right, how about Necroplasm? You give this one a read. This is a Brando Stacks special. Yeah, this is a this is a good ass card. And remember, once you read it, we can proliferate it to skip one of these uh things. One, one of these triggers. Okay, it is a one one for black black one. It's an ooze. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a plus one plus one counter on it. At the beginning of your end step, destroy each creature with converted mana cost equal to the number of plus one plus one's count plus one plus one counters on it, and it is dredge two. That's a necroplasm. Necroplasm. So it gets a counter, and then at the end of the turn, it kills everything with converted mana cost one. Next turn, it gets a counter. Kills everything, converted mana cost two. Actually, turn the turn it comes into play, because you didn't play it on your upkeep. It kills all the tokens. Oh, yeah, it gets a zero drops. The next turn, it gets all the one drops. Then So it gets all the tokens, then it gets all the dorks, then it gets all the enablers, then it gets all your good stuff, then it gets all your really good stuff. That's right. Now, the only thing about this card is if you can proliferate it at your end step with a Traxa and then trigger its ability, you skip the destroys everything with converted mana cost three part, so it lives, but then your Traxa dies. Because it kills everything with converted mana cost four. So if you could proliferate, proliferate, then you could get everything with converted mana cost five. And um, that could be tuned into the list um, because we don't have a whole ton of ways to proliferate outside of Atraxa. But if you just wanted to use it to get all the tokens, one drops, two drops, three drops, nothing wrong with that. And in a stacks list, getting one drops, two drops, and three drops is probably going to get you there because that's what everybody's going to have. Especially over the, like the three or four turns he's out, you can dink people for one damage. And I know it's only like three or four damage, but if you focus all that into the one player that doesn't have any creatures, that guy's losing 10% of his life, right? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty... nothing to scoff at when you when you start really paying attention to how much damage you can do. I think that's important. We don't talk about that enough is not missing attacks. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to attack because then I make an enemy like on turn two when I hit somebody for one. No, just attack. And if people are that petty that they're going to start focusing on you for the whole game because you hit them for two, come on. That's a thing, though. That's, that's a thing that yeah. commander players do. Top ten things not to do. Get pissed off when you get attacked for one. <laughs> yeah. Grow some, grow some balls. Also, important note, dredge two, that means this thing is repeatable. Oh, yeah, because if it's after it dies, you just dredge, dredge. And remember, we're playing uh, next card, Runamap Excavator. Yep. lets you play lands from your graveyard. It's a 2-3 three for 3. If you dredge a land with your Runamap Excavator, you just play that land. You get your Necroplasm. You play him again. Kill all the tokens again. Very good. Yeah. Like him a lot. And that covers our next creature. So we're going to move on to Thalia, Heretic Cathar. Stacks staple again. Three drop, three two. Really good there on the uh, the power scale. First strike and creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Important. It's your opponents. 
Yeah, it doesn't that breaks symmetry right on the card. Yeah, she uh, she's actually mono white mono white stacks commander, as is uh, a Corey Dusk Drinker or whatever we called him. Let me also say, of course she's white. Let me also say she's pretty sexy. She's all right. I'm just throwing that out there. She's no. She's got like long blonde hair of uh, similar to like Pamela Anderson in like the early '90s, or Sable. Remember Sable from yeah. WWE? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you met Trish Stratus on the weekend, hey? I sure did. She is remarkably shorter than I thought she was going to be. Was she as remarkably sexy as she is on TV? Yes. All right. That's all oh, I man. needed to hear. Yeah, I told, uh, I was there with Kyla, and after we sh- I shook her hand or whatever, it's like, I'm never washing my hand ever again until I have to go to the bathroom or eat. But And you haven't eaten or gone into the bathroom since. <laughs> Correct. You're both skinny and fat at the same time <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> But it was a marvelous, marvelous opportunity. Very I, I really liked Tristratus, and it was cool to, to meet her in real life. Yeah. That was the only reason I wanted to go to the convention this weekend, uh, besides Sean Astin. Who and, canceled And then us. he canceled. What a scum. So I didn't go. Yeah, go home, Rudy. Should have thrown him in the volcano. Next up, we have Thrumming Bird. 1-1, one, one, Flyer, for two. When it deals combat damage to a player, proliferate. It's, a, it's another dinker that you can proliferate with. I bet you you get... Six or eight damage in with your thrumming bird over the course of a game. How about Viral Drake? Oh, baby. Oh, this is how you proliferate up from three to five with your Necroplasm. Blue, three, one, four, Flyer, Infect. So he's going to dink you. Also, he's got blue, three, Proliferate. Period. Yeah. So if you've got a ton of mana like we're going to make in this deck, uh, you could just proliferate like two, three, four times in a turn and... If you had your Icarats earlier, somebody just dies. Or everybody just dies. Yeah, everybody yeah. just eats a big Super pile sick. of shit. Speaking of eating a huge pile of shit, how about we talk about why we're playing Xur the Enchanter? Oh, yeah, because he's another flyer that you're going to just get damage in with. And whenever Xur attacks, all he has to do is attack. You can search your library for a con- uh, an enchantment with converted mana cost three or less and put it onto the battlefield. God damn it. You're just going to find it. So he costs black, blue, white, one for a one, four flyer. So he's even tough to kill. Like, you can block somebody's thrumming bird with him or somebody's viral drake or whatever. Like, he's going to block a three, three flyer. He passes the bolt test, so he is tricky to kill sometimes. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our our big daddies here in Sunscorch Regent. Yeah, we've got two cards like this, and this is a little bit of CCO symmetry breaking. Yeah. Yeah, right? Okay, so he's a 4-3 for white, white, 3, dragon, flying. He's going to big dink for 3. And whenever an opponent casts a spell, you get a plus 1, plus 1 counter on him that you can proliferate, and you gain a life. So you're gaining the life back that you're going to see that we're paying. If you want to cast spells, you know, if you want to sacrifice your stuff so you can cast more spells instead of keeping your lands tapped or sacking lands, I'm going to get a bigger guy and I'm going to gain life and I'm going to fly over the top of whatever this shitty thing that you play is. Yeah. He's going to beat your ass. He's going to beat wholesale ass. And in the card, he's shooting a laser out of his mouth. Yeah. This guy is, like Icarats, our alternate win condition in a stacks list because he's going to give you advantage even if you can't attack with him. He's going to gain you life and he's going to get big. So when eventually you sacrifice whatever to smoke stacks, the thing that was making you not be able to attack, you can beat in for like 20. Like it. Yeah. You know what else I like? I really like this card a lot. Consuming Aberration. Same thing as the Sunscorch Regent. He is a five drop horror star star. 
and his power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyards. All opponents. Remember, they're sacking stuff left, right, and center. Or you're just killing it. So he's going to be a big, big. And whenever we cast a spell, because we still can cast spells. Because symmetry has been broken. Exactly. Each opponent reveals cards from the top of his or her library until they reveal a land card. And then that goes into the graveyard. So you grind each opponent. He's going to get huge. Yeah. Like... Last week we talked about what's the biggest what's the biggest uh, black market you ever saw. We were like thirty. What's the biggest consuming aberration you ever saw? A hundred and thirty. So sounds like if you can clear your opponent's board and you've got a giant consuming aberration, you could just kill somebody every time. Yeah, every. By the time you play him, he should probably be a one punch Charlie. So there's our creature suite. I like it. How many are there? Thirteen. 17 16 and a track yeah it's probably a little bit high for a stacks list but uh, we are breaking symmetry with some of them and we are value towning some of them with the uh, eternal witness and um, chasm skulker and stuff all right we're going to move into some instants and some sorceries okay a little bit faster here because these are more typical and very i think straightforward yeah we can bash through these real quick instants seven of them starting with anguished unmaking three mana Exile target non-land permanent, you gain, lose three life. There's our first life losser to just dust something. How about capsize? Three mana, bounce a permanent, buy back three. Got lots of mana, just buy it back and keep bouncing stuff. Let me take a quick step back to Anguish and Making. Do you replace it with that new Golgari removal spell, Assassin's Trophy? Ooh. Because, yeah, you're giving them a land, but you're going to dust the land anyway. Is it better to pay less, kill a thing... I just didn't exile it. Yeah, I could, I could see, uh, I could see argument for both. Or on the other end, win Grace's judgment instead of costing three in anguish on making. Win Grace's ju- judgment costs five, and it kills one of everybody's things. But that's a sorcery, right? This is an instant, yep. um, just like that um, that one that you were talking about from Return to Return to Ravnica. Yes. Yeah. All right, moving in. How about counter spell? Blue blue counter target spell. Cyclonic Rift. Blue one, return a permanent to its owner's hand, or overload for seven, return everybody's everything that isn't yours to their hand. Which is pretty good when they ain't got no land. They can't replay any of it. Oh, yeah. They're chucking that shit all day. So they think, oh, that's so good when you've got that one player who's like, oh, I'm going to land my big threat because that's what Brando and Ryan said to do. That's how you beat stacks. I'm going to sacrifice all my land instead of my creature. Cyclonic Rift. Owned. Anyways. How about Force of Will? It's a free counterspell. How about Mana Drain? That's a free counterspell, but you get the mana next turn. Let's read it, because I don't think we've ever played that card in a deck before. Mana Drain is blue-blue, instant, counter-target spell, period. New sentence. At the beginning of your next main phase, add an amount of mana equal to the this countered spell's converted mana cost to your mana pool. You get colorless mana the next turn. Yeah. Is it colorless? Yeah. That's shit. Card sucks. Card's not even good. Why are we playing that? Sorry, your next main phase, not your next turn. Because it's awesome? Yeah, it is awesome. Because it's a free counterspell, pretty much. It's very good. It's a hard counter with upside. And it's got an amazing picture on it. The new one, at least. I don't know. I don't think I like the old one as much. I like this new one lots. I like the old one. Let's move on. Swan Song. That's a hard counter for blue. Counter target enchantment, instant, or sorcery spell. Its controller creates a 
2-2 bird with flying. Fine, they get a bird, they're going to have to sacrifice it, it doesn't matter. It's a one-drop counterspell that counters an instant or sorcery. Probably something that is going to maybe wrath your board or get rid of a Traxa or uh, like a Vandal Blast. A nice Vandal Blast dirt bag, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Alright, let's do some sorceries. There's three of them. Yeah. Starting with Austere Command. White, white, four. Choose two. You can destroy all artifacts or enchantments or creatures with converted mana cost three or less or creatures with converted mana cost four or more. It's like a choose your own adventure, right? You just pick the two types of cards that are most problematic to your strategy and you kill all of them. Very good. Yeah, really good because probably you want to leave creature you want to leave a traxa but you want to get all of somebody's tokens so they can't sacrifice them to smokestacks but you also want to get all enchantments how about toxic deluge as an additional cost pay any amount of life it's a three drop so there's that life paying that we got to uh, counteract all creatures get minus x minus x until end of turn card is insane pay three life and three mana kill all the three threes and smaller leave your traxa dang yeah how about Yehenny's Expertise? Same thing. All creatures get minus three, minus three. This time for black, black, two. And then you may cast a card with converted mana cost three or less without paying its mana cost. It's pretty good. So you just get a free whatever, right? Like a free mana rock or a free orb or, or, or sphere for your stacks for free after you've killed all the creatures. Now, what kind of thing could you get with it? Maybe an enchantment of some sort. Yes, let's read them. Maybe one of the following 11 enchantments, starting with Aura of Silence. Artifacts and enchantments your opponents cast cost two more to cast, and you can sacrifice it to destroy target artifact or enchantment. Really good with Hannah Ship's Navigator, and costs three mana, so Yehenny's Expertise yeah. can get it. Break symmetry all by itself, and you can get rid of it to dust that thing that the person forced through. That one thing that they really needed, so they force it through, pay the extra. Yeah. Fuck that. Then yeah. you just get it back. See ya. How about Aura Shards, Brando's favorite card in all of Magic? You can get this with you, Henny's expertise as well. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, destroy target artifact or enchantment. So awesome with Chasm Skulker. Yes. Also, <laughs> yeah. if you ever want to beat a stacks player, play an Aura Shards. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's how you do it. Don't tap out for it, though, because then I'll just play a creature and destroy yours with mine. <laughs> <laughs> how about Authority of the Consoles? Enchantment for white. Creatures your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped, and whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, we gain one life. Yet Yehenny's expertise gets it, it gains us our life, and it slows our opponents down. Same exact things are all true with blind obedience. Artifacts, creatures, your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped, and it's got extort, so when you cast a spell, you can play white or black to gain a life and make everybody lose a life. Everybody loses a life, you gain that much life. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. So it's even better than that. We've already talked about Necropotence. I guess we should probably read it again. Yeah, black, black, black for an enchantment. Skip your draw step. If you were to discard a card, exile it um, from your graveyard, and you can pay one life to exile the top card of your library, and at the end of your turn, you get it. So basically, it's pay one life, draw a card at the end of your turn. Super sweet. So far, you're you're noticing a trend. Zer can get all these, and Yehenny's Expertise can get all these. Mm -hmm. How about Phyrexian Arena? Uh, same is true here. Three drop at the beginning of your upkeep. Lose a life, draw a card. Perfery Notes. That is a color-shifted drop of honey. Yeah, it so is. So this costs white, and at the beginning of your upkeep, destroy the creature with the lowest power. 
right? And if two creatures are tied, you get to choose one. And then if there are no creatures in play, sacrifice periphery notes. Seems a little bit loose, and I felt like it was a little loose when I played Drop of Honey in my stacks list, mm -hmm. but I find that it really does keep those threats to a minimum because sometimes the lowest power among creatures is the 10-10 that the guy's beating you to death with. Yeah, because he sacrificed everything else. Exactly. So it just... It gets you there, and it lets you get rid of annoying dorks. You, you know can... what I like? I like periphery nodes after an austere command. You get all the little guys with austere command, and then periphery node starts to get like, like four power and five power guys. It's very right? good. Rest in peace. Ooh, two drop enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, exile all graveyards. And if a card would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. A little bit of a non-bow with like the stuff that we're getting with... Eternal Witness and Hannah Ship's Navigator, but Graveyard Hate super important. Sometimes you just need to stop the reanimate package. Yes. So there it is. Rhystic Study. Three drop. When an opponent plays a spell, you draw a card unless they pay one. Chances are they are not going to have one to play. Exactly. Right? So it's draw a card, put a counter on Schas Chasm Skulker, have an extra card, give them the finger. Yeah, lots of finger. How about Sterling Grove? Ooh, two drop, so white, green. Other enchantments you control have Shroud, and also you can pay one, sacrifice it, search for an enchantment, put it into your hand. On top of your library. Yes. Sylvan Library. Sylvan Library. Two drop. At the beginning of your draw step, draw two extra cards, and then you take four damage for every one that you don't put back. So again, life for cards. Lots of times, if you're gaining lots of life, and remember, Atraxa will counteract one of those. If you can hit for four every turn, you just keep that card and take four, and you're not changing life totals. And that lets you break symmetry by like anything that lets you discard or that you're playing stuff just to sacrifice it. You can draw it back with your Necropotence, Sylvan Library, Rhystic Study, Phyrexian Arena, at the cost of life. And we have... Lots of ways to gain that back. Stacks time, Ryan. Oh, baby. We have 24 artifacts, and we're going to start off with... Let's pre let's preface it by uh, doing the two that gain charge counters. One that we said that we were going to play, and we did. Yes. Everflowing Chalice. Yes. So that is a zero drop that has multi-kicker of two. Every time you multi-kick it, you get a charge counter, and then it taps for a colorless for each charge counter. Every turn, you just add another one or two or three charge counters onto it and you get more and more mana wow yeah some atraxa shit yep and it's bigger less played cooler looking brother we have asshole cornucopia yeah with an xxx in its mana cost <laughs> don't google that nothing with asshole and xxx just stay away yes okay especially if the other word is cornucopia <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Okay. Actually, thinking about that now and looking at this picture, oh my God. We are just so th immature. Wow. I love it. <laughs> okay, so it enters the battlefield with X charge counters on it. So you pay three, like X equals one and one and one, and it enters the battlefield with one counter on it, and then you can tap it for a color of mana equal to the number of charge counters on it. Yeah. You just proliferate it once or twice every single turn. There's one more card that kind of works like that. Is it is it Coalition Relic? Why don't we ask Sean from Commander's Brew? <laughs> <laughs> Coalition Relic is an artifact for three. You can tap it to add a mana of any color, or you can tap it to put a charge counter on it, and then at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you remove 
all the counters and get mana of any color for them. Yep. And you can just use it as a regular mana rock, just getting a color every turn, or put a charge counter on it, end of turn, or put a charge counter on it, attack with your thrumming bird to proliferate it, viral drake proliferate it, and then attracts a proliferate it. Next turn, untap it, pre-combat main phase, you get four mana. Dang. Sweet. And then you can tap it again for mana. And then you can just cast your Sunscorch Regent <laughs> or, or your Biovisionary or whatever, right? Just a way to break symmetry by getting lots of mana out of one card. And that's going to be a theme. If it's not a Staxi card, it's a make lots of mana card. All right, let's 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 hit these up quick. Chrome Mox. It's a zero-drop Mox gives you mana. Clock of Omens. Yeah, that's a four-drop, but you tap two artifacts to untap another target artifact. You could tap Clock of Omens and something else, like your Crucible of Worlds, to untap your Astral Cornucopia when it has like eight counters on it. So you can make eight, tap two artifacts, untap your Astral Cornucopia, make eight more. All of a sudden, 16 mana. Boom. Next up is the aforementioned Crucible of Worlds. Three-drop lets you play a, a, a land out of your graveyard. How about Crystal Shard? This is how you bounce your Eternal Witness. So... Three drop, you can pay blue, return a creature to its owner's hand unless its controller pays one. Well, just guess what? You never pay one. You just don't pay one. Yeah, or if somebody's tapped out and they have like something that you don't want, you just bounce it to their hand and they can't pay one. Dig it. Yep. Damping Sphere. Damping Sphere is if a land would tap for more mana than one, it adds colorless instead. Also, each spell cast after the first one costs an additional one more, right? So it shuts off Storm, and it shuts off, like... Uh, your any, big mana green deck, your big mana black deck. Big mana green, big mana... Yeah, it shuts off your oh, Cabal Coffers, it shuts off. Yeah. It shuts off Tron Lands, it shuts off Temple of the False God as well, right? Yep. God. How about Defense Grid? Two drop. Each spell costs three more to cast during somebody else's turn. So they want to tap out to Terror your Sunscorch Regent. They're, they've spent five on it, and then we can still counter it if we want. With our counterspell, right? Brutal. Erratic Portal. Same thing as Crystal Shard, except it costs four. You can pay one, tap it, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. Mana Crypt? That's your zero drop, taps for two, but it deals three damage to you card. And oh baby, that breaks symmetry for the cost of a card. How about Mana Vault? Same thing, except <laughs> it gives you three mana at the cost of one mana and a card. Super expensive. We're going to talk about those in a minute. It just occurred to me how many things are being included here as inventions. How about Meekstone? Yeah, Kaladesh Invention, right? Um, one drop. Creatures with power three or greater don't untap during their controller's untap step. So your Chasm Skulker doesn't untap. Doesn't matter. You're just going to sacrifice it and get a bunch of squids. Guess who's got Vigilance? Atraxa. Atraxa. <laughs> that bitch. I hate her. How about Mox Amber? Zero drop Mox gives you mana. Mox Opal? Zero drop Mox gives you mana. Smokestack. Oh, there is a smokestack. Makes everybody sacrifice everything. So good. Sol Ring. Sphere of Resistance. This makes spells cost one more to cast. So when you've dusted everybody's land, you start to tax them for playing stuff. And the same thing is true for a couple other things that we're going to cover here. But instead of making them cost more, you just don't allow lands to untap. Static Orb. That's what Static Orb does. As long as it's untapped, players can't untap more than two permanents, permanents during their untap step. You know what's awesome is end of your turn, Clock of Omens, tapping my Static Orb. So at the beginning of my turn, my Static Orb's tapped, and then I untap everything. Yeah. Right? 
You know what else Static Orb works really well with? One of my favorite cards, Tangle Wire. Tangle Wire. Tap your Static Orb, right? So Tangle Wire has Fading 4 for a 3-drop. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player taps a artifact, creature, or land for each Fade counter on Tangle Wire. And uh, during your upkeep, you remove a Fade counter. So it goes from 4 to 3 to 2 to 1 to 0. Then you sacrifice it. If you want to keep stuff tapped down, you can proliferate it with Atraxa. Cool. If you want to just let it tick down and then die and then get it back with Eternal Witness, also good. Or Hannah Ship's Navigator. Also and you can good. just replay it, right? How about Thran Dynamo? Four drop gives you three mana. Throne of Geth. Oh, I forgot about this one. Two drop, sacrifice an artifact, proliferate. So you could sacrifice a orb or like um, Tangle Wire or something if it's holding you down sacrifice it you can get your whatever you need you need five mana for your sunscorch region sack your sphere of resistance proliferate and then eternal witness your sphere of resistance back the following turn very cool i want torpor orb stops enter the battlefield abilities from happening you have no idea how prevalent that is you don't know how good that is until you play it and you look around the table and everybody's looking at you like they are actually going to murder you. Yeah, so it's a two-drop. And remember, it's creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. So that works for enter the battlefield abilities on creatures themselves, but also triggered abilities that trigger from like an artifact. Or an aura shards. Oh, it is a little bit of a non-bow with aura shards. But you know what it's yeah. not a non-bow with? When uh, somebody else is playing an aura shards. Which yeah, is way thing. more critical than that's, you playing an Orna Shard. For sure. Um, doesn't shut off your Chasm Skulker because that's a die trigger. Yeah. Ah. Ah. And lastly, we have a Winter Orb. As long as it's untapped, players can't untap more than one land during their turn. So again, you just tap it some way or another. and uh, You tap your Static Orb and your Winter Orb to your Clock of Omens. You untap something else that you don't really care about. And yeah, then like your Mana Vault, so you don't take a damage from it. And you give everybody the finger. Yeah. It's or awesome. your Throne of Geth, so you can proliferate again. So cool. Yeah. All right. Lastly, but certainly not leastly, we have our Planeswalker Suite. There's five of them. Yeah, and I picked... I think the best, maybe the best five for this particular stacks list. You picked some greasy ass bros. Let's start with Elspeth, Sun's Champion. Probably the best commander Planeswalker. I think so. Six drop, white, white, four, plus one is put three soldier dudes onto the battlefield. Three. Three. The minus three is destroy all creatures with power four or greater. So it does get your Atraxa, but it doesn't get your tokens. Um, it doesn't get your soldier tokens or your Chasm Skulker tokens. Even after you've altered her ability and made them all into two twos of flying. Yeah, still doesn't get them. Yeah. And right. four loyalty, uh, who cares about the ultimate? Let's yeah. move on. Garrick Wildspeaker. Four drop, three loyalty, plus one, untap two lands. That's it, really. You do get a dude. That you could make dudes with him, but I feel like you're he's there to untap your lands. He's there to untap your lands, but never discount a 3-3 three, three dude. Nope. Because remember, you can dink somebody for damage. you got a bunch of 1-1s one and some flyers and a 3-3. Three, three. All of a sudden, you're hitting for like 15 Everybody's favorite. All right, Ryan. Jace the Mind Sculptor. Oh, yeah. Blue, blue, two. Plus two. Fate Seal. So that is like put a creature on the bottom of its owner's library. Whatever. Zero. Brainstorm. Minus one. Unsummon. Minus 12. Mind Sculpt. Essentially, somebody's hand becomes their library. So you can proliferate him and brainstorm every turn, and he eventually will Mind Sculpt somebody. Yeah. I think that is hugely 
hugely powerful. It's insane. You just draw th your three cards from Brainstorm. So what? You got to put one back. You draw your four cards a turn with Jace, and you tick him up while all your stacks artifacts just do whatever they do, and you don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. He can win games all by himself. We are talking about her before the start of the episode for a reason having nothing to do with the text on her card. That's a teaser. And it's Liliana of the Veil. Three drop, three loyalty Liliana, plus one. Each player discards a card. Each player. So there's the symmetry. Fine. Minus two, target player sacrifices a creature. And minus six, choice of damnations, I think? Yeah, that's where you, you, you take all permanents that target player controls, separates them into two piles. They get one pile, and you sack the rest of them. Pretty cool ability. What I like is, so you've got one or two creatures? Okay. Minus two, sack a creature. End of turn, proliferate. You could do that a bunch of times because her minus two kind of just turns into a minus one. And if you randomly get somebody that has one card in their hand and you go, each player discard a card, you're getting the last card in someone's hand, right? It's pretty good. And our last one, no surprise here, Tezzeret Artifice Master. M19, though, brand new, right? Blue, blue, three for a Tezzeret Planeswalker, five loyalty, plus one. Create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter creature token with flying. So there's your 1-1 one, one Dinker with flying that you could sacrifice. Cool. Zero, draw a card. If you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards. What the hell? Yeah, and then and then his ultimate is minus nine. You get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step, search your library for a card, put it onto the battlefield. It's crazy. So that could win you the game most death. But same just like Jace, you could get your Thopter. Sorry. Same just like Jace. You could draw two cards from his zero and then proliferate him up. And eventually you get to nine, you get his emblem, and you just search for whatever, your Dra your Jace, your Sunscorch Regent, your Consuming Aberration, whatever wins you the game. Every turn. Gall dang. It's super good. So that's, that's the deck. That's the totally fun, totally fair deck that we built. Should we push into the, now that we've seen that we have a Lily, we have an Elspeth, we have a Jace, we have like nine Kaladesh inventions, we got a Littlest Planeswalker and the Deathrite Shaman. How do we justify this budgetarily, Ryan? How do we do that? Well, we don't really because realistically this deck would never be printed by Wizards in a pre-con uh, like this, right? Never. But... Every single card in this deck, including all of the land, there's no duels in here. There's fetch lands, shock lands, filter lands. Every card in here is, in, is not on the reserved list. So all of these are reprintable. Every one is reprintable. And like last week, Shieldred and, and Massacre Worm we hit on, there's no reason for a lot of these cards to be expensive. Okay, we, we know you don't want them in standard. You don't want a mana vault in standard. Yeah, that would... But they put, a, they put a mana crypt in Eternal Masters, and that was a $120 card. And they put both of them in Kaladesh Draft, so they're not trying to protect the draft format. <laughs> I, I got a mana vault in you, Draft. You did, yeah. Twice. Twice that happened. Confirmation bias. What our point is, is mana vault's $40. 
put it in a pre-con. Everybody plays it in EDH, yeah. right? And it does have a downside. It doesn't untap, and it deals damage to you, right? Put it in all the pre-cons. Put it in all the pre-cons. Next time, put Mana Crypt instead of Sol Ring, right? That's still a hundred and some dollar card, and yeah. it does what Sol Ring does, except it deals three damage to you sometimes. Yeah, and it would drag that price down right now if it was in every it would drag that price down it wouldn't to, make it a ten dollar card no but it wouldn't be a hundred and ten dollars absolutely not right and i think that's the important part and, and your old ones are still going to be worth a bunch of money just like your mana base there's no reason that fetch lands should be eighty dollars like there's a um there's a scalding tarn in this deck it's like eighty dollars no reason for that there's no reason put it in pre-cons they don't want them in standard Put them in a master set again. But you want them in modern. Everybody wants them in modern. They want people to play modern? Print fetch lands. Print a land base that people can actually get. You've reprinted shock lands twice. Yeah. Let's throw some some fetch lands in there. Let's just do that. And they've reprinted um, the onslaught fetch lands in con, cons of Tarkir blocks, so they need to reprint the Zendikar ones because those ones are getting out of control, right? Um, there is the Planeswalkers, like Jace, expensive. Elspeth's getting expensive, right? Liliana, like $120. It's a ton of money. It's modern. Put her in master sets. Re print four master sets a year. Just stop making sets for a year and then just reprint <laughs> Just reprint master sets four Re times a year. Reprint masters. Every card in it is something you want. It's Ye the best draft format you'll ever play because every draft is cute. How about this? How about this? In uh, 2020, Wizards goes... Modern Masters 2015, two. And then three months later, Modern Masters 2017, two. Eternal Masters, two. And it's just the same set reprinted again. I don't think there would be any complaints. I don't think so either. Apart from the $10 a pack premium and the $50 drafts. And uh, yeah. Master sets were kind of a failure, I think. Uh, I, I don't because, know if they would be that much. Like, Well, they are that much. Because they charge that much for the boxes to the retailers. Yeah, and the, retailers the MSRP might those. still be ten bucks, but you know what? It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be fifteen dollars a pack like some stores were charging. It would be actually just ten dollars a pack, like they're supposed to be. Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah. I mean, it's never a bad thing to introduce more cards to the economy. It's not. It's not. It's an unregulated economy. You can do whatever you want. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, so that's our budget spiel. Yeah, reprint it. We don't want this deck to be $1,700. Strengths and weaknesses? Strengths and weaknesses. Strength. So controlling. Very powerful. You think last week's deck was evil? Oh. No. No, this deck is, it is the Satan. Yep. It's a necessary Satan, but it's, this is the one. This is why people don't want to play against decks. Very much so. Next strength. Difficult access to interact on for your opponents. They just can't, they, it's, it doesn't do what normal decks do. That's yeah. why it's hard to hard to beat, right? Correct. Um, this is like Dredge, where Dredge was something that you can't really do anything about. So they just started printing ways that you could hose Dredge, but they haven't come up with a way of hosing stacks yet. Yeah, because social contract kind of dictates that nobody plays this. It's not really fun to play against, and lots of the cards don't involve you doing any like card actions on your turn. So sometimes it's not really that fun to pilot. Yeah, I've been I've been having a hard time, and I'm. We talked about this the last time I, I was testing my stacks list is, is it worse to play against somebody that's really good at stacks or somebody like me that's just, he's played four games of stacks in his life and he's just learning. 
And my response was, it's worse to play against somebody who's good at stacks because they say shit that stacks players say. Well, I don't know. We'll see how long that lasts. Counterspell. Did you sacrifice during your upkeep? In response to you scooping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can only scoop at sorcery speed. So in response to you scooping. Yeah, that's a thing. Anyways, this deck... Some spicy twists. I'm including it as a strength. Sun Scorch Region. Consuming Aberration. Beat Wholesale Ass. Yeah. We are fans of that. We certainly are. Weaknesses. Long games. Oh, yeah. Some people don't like that. Some people do. Yeah, some people like the... But this is... This will always be a long game. Yeah. Unless you get just pummeled immediately. <laughs> this is a long game deck. This is going to make the, the games long. Leads right into our next weakness. It stops fe- people from playing Magic. While that's a strength... If you're looking to win with your stacks deck, it is a weakness in that nobody else is really having that much fun. And we don't really condone you sitting down and playing this deck every single game, every night. Yeah, this is when you bust out. Like, I've been playing mine fairly consistently because I'm trying to learn how to play it. And I think mine is a little bit less oppressive than this one. But if you're going to play this every week, people are eventually just going to either bust out their turn one die combo list or... They're just going to be like, okay, and they'll just ignore you. Like, you're not even there. It's like, yeah, you can have a turn, but while you're having a turn, Evan's also going to have a turn, and we're just going to play a game that doesn't involve you at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Last thing. You need to be good at piloting this deck. Threat assessment is key. Politicking is very key. Uh, Comes down to, I guess, like, making a plan and sticking to that plan and being okay if somebody resolves something that they think is going to win if you know your plan is still better. Yeah. Right? little teaser. That's a little tidbit from an article I'm working on right now. Um, making a plan and sticking to it, right? I think, like, your plan needs to be ramp, 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 so you break the symmetry of the deck, or break the symmetry of the game by making more mana, landing your Atraxa, and then after you've set up your mana advantage with your long game attracts advantage, then you start to stack some. That's, I think, how you play this deck. And if something happens that kind of puts you off of that plan, you have to be able to, within the game, figure out how to get back onto that plan. It's difficult to do. Within a hypothetical framework, if you have a proliferator and attracts and a tangle wire, you could lock everybody out of the game forever. Yeah. If you sweep them, you can keep every permanent that they ever have minus one land tap down for the whole game. And all you would need then is to like draw your astral cornucopia. And yeah. Well, you don't even need to do that. You just attack with the tracks there. You don't need to do oh, yeah. anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. that's one of the things. And I the think cards you draw each turn are like that pinpoint answer that you need, right? That weakness. This deck would need tuning to figure out how it beats the other decks in your meta. Yes. Right. That's why you're testing out your stacks deck with three or four different commanders to find out which one works the best and what kind of pinpointed answers you need that go with that commander. Mm-hmm. Is it your Caustic Caterpillar and your Shriek Maw to go along with your Marin? Or is it like whatever artifacts that you get back with your Gliss of the Trader? Is it lands that have answers on them that you get with your Gitrog? Right? Yep. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Okay. Milk list. How about instead we do card of the week? I think I have an idea of what this one is. If you've been listening intently to the show, you will know that I love this card. So of course he's going to be card of the week. 
consuming aberration. Yeah. So black, blue, three, horror, star, star. Power and toughness equal the number of cards in all of your opponent's graveyards. And whenever an opponent casts a spell? Whenever you cast a spell. Ah, whenever I cast a spell, all my opponents grind. They mill till they hit a land. Very cool. And then he gets giant, giant. Yeah, he gets monstrous. And then he kills somebody. Yeah, he gets at least three every time you play anything, and the odds are you're going to get more than three. You're gonna, yeah. It's going to get at least as big as you have opponents, plus any number yeah. of bonus cards. So, so he's he's two bucks American, or like 87 Canadian. Yeah, been reprinted twice, once in C16, originally in Gate Crash, I believe that is. And his foil tax is not even... He's two bucks for a regular, 233 for a foil. Sweet. That's crazy. Yeah. So get your foils. Honorary mention, card of the week, Sunscorch Regent, because it's in the deck for the same reason. It's a big flying dragon that gains you life instead of a big dumb idiot that beats your opponents down. Um, they both do the same thing. Also, Sunscorch Regent almost killed Jesse last time we played with that little kid that was playing dragons. Ha. Totally into it. So cool. Okay. Milk list? Milk list. As per edhrec.com, these are the most popular cards at each converted mana cost in the color combination we are talking about today. Which which maw? Which maw? Or black, green, blue, white. Or not red. At the zero drop slot, astral cornucopia. Yeah. Asshole cornucopia. <laughs> That's number one. Okay. Soul ring at one drop. Of course. Yeah. Thrumming bird at two. Yep. Chromatic lantern at three. No. Not playing it. Nope. Tezzeret's Gambit at four. Nope. It's another proliferate one. Deep Glow Skate at five. Yes. Yeah, that was a list original in Atraxa. Got to keep that one for sure. Merciless Eviction. No. I almost said both those wrong. Dune Blast at seven. Nope. Ugin the Spirit Dragon at eight. Nope. Ingeric's Wake at nine. Nope. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Jinkataxis Core Augur at ten. No. The Dick. Primeval Protector at 11. No. Blightsteel at 12. Nope. Emrakul the Promised End at 13. Nope. And that's as high as it goes. Huh. Yeah. No Draco, no Dinkmouth Infusion? Yeah, no, what the hell? This is another deck that we could probably play Dinkmouth Infusion in. Do not. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three Milkless matches. And they're all early game rocks, basically, or like the cheapest, best proliferate card that there is yeah. in Throwing Bird. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Spice Calculator. Spice Calculator. Pretty spicy, despite being an Atraxa stacks list. Whatever. There are 50 unique cards from the EDH Rec stock list. For Hell yeah. 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 So super unique. There's two tutors. We could cut it down to one if we didn't want to uh, include the $10 that could be reprinted. Sterling Grove. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But... Uh, Whatever. Are those really ten dollars now? Yeah, dude. Jeez. Foils are like seven thousand. Are they really? Yeah. I have so, one. Four thousand nine hundred and sixty-six Atraxilis on EDH Rec. Oh. Holy jeepers. EDH Rec ranking. Number one in Witchmaw, number one overall. Period. So you not she, close. She's not spicy because everybody knows her. But here on Project Atraxa, your CCO boys give you something different. Okay, average converted mana cost two point seven two. We're playing stacks, baby. Super low, yeah. Critical turn, four. Land Atraxa. You can potentially win the game. Yep. As long as she sticks. Cool. Optimal game size, four. This is your sitting down with, you know, your crazy control deck, 
and two other combo decks, and you're the stacks list, and you have to control everything. You have to control the control decks. You are doing some serious shit when you're playing this deck. For sure. So with that 50 uniqueness rating, punch it all in, boop, 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 46 spicy. We just about hit the 50 test. Yeah, now, if we cut down to one tutor, and that one tutor, because it was in the stock list on EVHREC.com, let's pick another beater, like um, another consuming aberration type card that's our plan b to win it'll up our uniqueness to 51 that takes us to a 62 spicy nice you could play that hydra that has myriad yeah that'd be a good one yeah yeah you have to sacrifice the tokens after right like at yeah. the end of turn or whatever yeah but i mean you're still doing what is it eight yeah you're still getting a whole bunch of damage in for one card yeah, it's one card that beats down everybody at the same time. Yep, that's I like pretty it. cool. If we did that, we would go to a 62. That is the 50 test with honors. Ba-boom. That's a spicy deck. That's how we do it. Okay, super cool. Look at us go. Yeah, um, we're a little crunched for time. That's the list. CCO Nation. I swear to God this is going to be like the last time we talk about stacks for a good long while. Absolutely. We've been beating it to death. Brando's got his list made. We have concluded the arc of who wore it better. Clearly we did. We've won far and away more rounds than Watsi has because we've won every week. I think Watsi could make it up to, um, I guess, the magic community at large if they if they took some of the cards that were in this list and reprinted them. Sure. I would accept that as a um, fair offering from Watsi to CCO Nation, and I would take credit for it. Absolutely. I would be right there with you. Okay. Round out the show, final thoughts of the day. Remember to announce our contest, or sorry, our giveaway winner again for our C18 deck of his choice and possible preview for our next arc. Well, that's lots of stuff. Yeah, I know. There's... Two weeks away. Next arc, two weeks away. Next week is going to be uh, an in-between show that we like doing. A um, little bit less deck listy, more... Talky talky? <laughs> I got nothing. Give us your final thoughts of the day. I just about called him Richard Brown. You guys can think of that joke all by yourselves. His name's Justin Brown. He's our contest winner, buddy. Get a hold of us, either CCO Brando, CCO Podcast on Twitter, or CommanderCookout at gmail.com. Let us know which deck you want and whether or not you want us to deface some of those cards with some sweet signatures, and we'll get them sent off to you as soon as we can. For everyone else, thank you very much for contributing to your time to the show and your efforts to winning our contest. We'll have a new one set up for you for during our next show, which is going to be a throwaway show. Not a throwaway show, but a in-between talkie show, as Ryan says. As far as stacks goes, like I said right off the top, this will be the end of the stacks odyssey unless somebody really has something that really tickles my, my fancy in the suggestions on the tapped out list. If you want to check that out, it's my let's build, an attracts, or let's build a stacks list deck on tappedout.net. Feel free to check that out and give me any suggestions. I'm very, very open to them. As far as this list goes, it's a stacks deck. It's exactly what you think of when you think of a stacks deck. It's brutal, it's controlling, it's no fun, it's hard to get around, nobody's ready for it, and if you're a little bit hammered, you're going to wonder why you spent $1,700 building it in the first place, and then you're going to get into an argument with Evan about why the deck should not cost $1,700. Because that's usually how the budget conversations end around our table, and you're going to see that in some possible bonus content coming up in the coming months. Yeah, you know what? Um argument with evan 
he actually touched on a really good point in a conversation. I won't call it an argument. And we've kind of used a little bit of that and a couple of our patron suggestions of late to um, put together some some things that we are really excited about. That we are going to turn into a new arc that we will talk more in depth about on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.